Hello and welcome to the podcast Tech Marketing Trends. My name is Jacob Lovenbra. I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. And today I'm thrilled to have a special guest from one of our clients with us. We're going to talk about navigating the RevOp landscape with Babs Milaskevich, uh, who's a um, RevOps specialist at Ysoft. So with that very short introduction, welcome to our podcast. So happy to have you with us, Bab. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we are so intrigued on talking about, about RevOps and all the things uh, that you do for uh, Ysoft and things like that. So maybe you can just start off by, you know, tell us briefly what you do and who you are and what you're up to at Ysoft and things like that. Yeah, sure. So... As you said, my name is Babs Laskovich. I've been with Ysoft now for just over two years. I'm a little bit of history around the company. So I originally worked for Everyone Print and we were acquired by Ysoft uh, last year. And within my role, um, the landscape of RevOps, <laughs> it can be quite bumpy. It covers a lot of things. Um, so for anybody that's not familiar with RevOps, really what, what I do and what a RevOps person does do is it's a high level, it's the alignment of sales, marketing, and even through to customer success. So we cover the full customer life cycle to drive growth, um, looking at operational efficiency and keeping all the teams accountable to revenue. And really the key word for me in there is alignment. Wonderful. Wonderful to hear. And for those of us who haven't come across Ysoft before, what's uh, Ysoft about, just for context? Uh, so Ysoft, um, that's much as I don't sell or know the product, we deal, historically it's been on-premise uh, print management solutions, um, and we're moving more into the new world, into cloud, uh, which is where the everyone print model became um, very attractive to Ysoft. So rather than it being, you know, something actually on-premises, we do everything in the cloud, in the virtual world. Yeah, fantastic. And quite a big company as well. How many are you now? It is. Um, I think we're about 600 employees globally right now. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. And a growing company. So uh, interesting journey as well in parallel here to your journey as well. It is. Yeah. And the journey is accelerating. So we're all very excited to see what the future holds. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so RevOps is the uh, big topic and so forth. So how... If we start from the top a little bit about RevOps and maybe defining that a bit more and so forth, but uh, how do you how do you think are the most important things in order to to define the key things a RevOp role or a RevOp department should focus on in order to do their job well? Uh, so the key things really, I mean, what I do within my role, it's it's really bringing and centralizing previously disconnected departments and breaking down these traditional silos um, to provide a better end-to-end -end view. So a lot of what I do is looking looking and questioning existing processes with the ultimate goal simply just to work wherever possible to remove manual work and automate. Um, you know, which ultimately in time creates more revenue purely from the simple fact that it's giving more time back to companies and people. Um, you know, the, the added benefit is that because I'm constantly working with data, it allows me to sort of spot trends, any bottlenecks, 
and just really focus on streamlining wherever possible, um, usually in the sales process or the, the ordering process. So interesting. And we have seen the ops trend, so to say, from, uh, I think DevOps was one of the earliest areas where we saw uh, the need of a role like you uh, and the RevOps uh, for you know, automating and bringing all the data together. And if there is one area that I've seen an explosion of technologies over the last five, 10 years is is definitely sales and marketing. And I think many readers or listeners have, have seen the marketing technology landscape map, how it's been growing. So what's the, I suppose that's a struggle for you in the you know focal point of bringing all this together to know how to navigate around the different tools and technologies that's coming around. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. When, when I joined Wisoft, um, just an example, there was so many different people using so many different systems. You know, stuff was all over the place. Yeah. As an example, you know, we were running two websites on different platforms. Leads were coming in from all over the place. We had three different. Uh, CRM systems, so sub, you know, where people using an Excel sheet, another region using a different Excel sheet, another region using a tool, some people not using anything at all. So to actually get a global view of, you know, where our leads coming from and what's our future pipeline, it was virtually impossible. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, I mean, uh, it's it's a lot of work to, to start from there, but you have... Uh, you all sold you through quite a lot of these challenges. So maybe we can start by asking also, what key tools do you find most effective when you, you know, stepped up to the challenge to bring order in this in Ysoft? And can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, obviously the best tool is one that people actually use. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many different tooling systems available out there that, you know, you know it's a minefield. So in my opinion, the first thing is a good CRM. So something that can be used out of the box. So, you know, very, very little customization. So the users can actually adopt the CRM and start using it virtually from day one. Um, but then over time, something that can be customized or updated or tweaked quite easily without sort of the need for any complex coding or IT involvement. Um, and, and, you know, another thing is, you know, with the CRM, you kind of look at it as a holistic, well, what do we want to do today? Where do we want to be in six months, in 12 months, in two years? Um, and it's very much sort of a step-by-step -step approach. Um, yeah, and looking at things like, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we had a plethora of systems that people were using. You know, almost thinking about, well, we won't be doing it now, but what if we want to integrate something? What if we want to automate something? Um, you know, the main thing is that salespeople, ultimately, they're not sat in front of a laptop, you know, eight hours a day, like people in the back office in the operations functions. So building something for them where, you know, it's going to be quite simple, they can open a laptop, click, 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 it's done, and give them the information they need at the click of a button is crucial. Um, and really HubSpot's been that tool for me. So without any specific training, I've been able to roll HubSpot out to a global team of users. I've been able to make adjustments, build some automations, really a whole bunch of new stuff. We've been able to link up new lead assignments to notify specific uh, Microsoft Teams channel. You know, when I think about what we've actually done sort of over the last 18 months in terms of where we were then and where we are now, it's actually quite a lot. It's quite impressive. 
Um, and then not only that, but with the HubSpot community as well and the additional resources, you know, I don't always have the answers. I don't know how to do everything. Um, but there's a, you know, there's a great community out there. So whenever I've had a question or, you know, I've come across something and I literally don't know what, where to go, what to do, I've always been able to get an answer and get a support on that, which has been, you know, absolutely pivotal for me. Yeah, so interesting to hear. And fantastic. Yeah, and there was a lot of content there. So in some, you can say HubSpot has been an important tool for you in your journey. And uh, have you, what have the, been the biggest integration or configuration challenges for, from a platform perspective? Have you run into any troubles or where you have, you know, needed to do workarounds or decisions or? So initially, no, um, because when we launched, we kind of went with a, let's go, almost call it vanilla, out of the box. We'll not try to overcomplicate it, but then as you know, business needs became more apparent. So for example, rather than just saying, you know, what's our open pipeline? Um, there was a requirement that what's our, what products do we have in our open pipeline, which standard HubSpot, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't figure out and there wasn't an easy way to actually do it. You know, so the, with the help of our IT team, you know, we built a bunch of, um, you know, new fields, some reporting, some data to go behind it. So that once a deal reaches a certain stage in the pipeline and it's been qualified, there's a requirement on the salesperson to fill in some additional fields. So that then gives us the data to say, well, this is our pipeline for cloud. This is our pipeline for non-cloud. Um, and th that's really where you know, I found the word limitations to HubSpot. But like anything, it's a system. It doesn't do everything 100%. You know, and my view is that if you can get something that's around about 80% that works, You've still got humans using it. There's always going to be that margin of, well, what's safe? And, and there's always going to be exceptions. But really, other than that, you know, I've not really come across much good yet any huge sort of limitations. Yeah, so interesting. And and the classic conflict between marketing and sales, have you seen anything of that? How, you know, it's hard to bring them on the same page or maybe there's different definitions of MQL or SQLs or, or you know, the there's traditionally a little bit of friction there. Have you experienced anything like that or seen that? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. So the, traditionally, and still, you know, within some businesses, there is very much marketing, marketing, and sales, sales, and it's two very separate areas. Um, we've been able to, over time, um, with training and with some automations that we've built, can try to close that gap. So what are marketing doing? Where are our leads coming from? What are sales doing with that? And it gives us an holistic view that, as soon as a contact goes to our website and fills in a form, you know, there's a bunch of things that happen in the background. The salesperson gets a notification so they know that somebody's gone to the website and they want to speak to her. Um, and the other thing is communication. So we've got all these systems, we've got all these tools, but really they're only going to work if we constantly ask for feedback. So, you know, we, we, I do and marketing can do very much so have regular catch-ups with salespeople. You know, Sometimes there's no fixed agenda. Sometimes it's just, you know, tell us what, you know, what's happening, what's working, what's not. Um, because that's when you get into the nitty gritty of, well, I don't like this over here because it doesn't really work. And so-and-so over here isn't doing this. And that's when we can start to really sort of build that customization. Well, if this process isn't working, um, you know, marketing done something that works, that's great. And this doesn't work, let's change it. Um, yeah, and HubSpot gives you that sort of quick, well, we can do this over here. We can do this over here. We can test it. Okay, cool. Let's go. Um, I mean, there, I'm, you know, 
I'm, I'm by no means saying that it's 100% perfect because it's not. There is still that, well, marketing have done this and I don't like it, or sales haven't done this. Um, but by bringing that communication piece together and building something that the salespeople can see the value in what marketing are doing and marketing can see what sales are doing, it does make it, you know, a lot more sort of visible and transparent. So, so would you say that you have done this now over for two years at YSoft, have, have the operational or technical challenge just been bigger or have the political or organizational challenge just been the biggest one? I would say you're probably the, let's call it internal red tape. Um, like anything, when you work for a large organization, any changes that you propose or any you know differences in process or something new, you know, p people are going to look into and go, how does this affect me? Can it affect something else? So it, it can take time. Yeah. You, know, you can you can look at something and build something in, your, in a matter of days, but getting the buy-in, getting the agreements and getting the approval is actually the part that takes time. Um, and that can be a little bit frustrating, not just for me, but for internal users as well, because you start talking about something that's going to happen and then three or four months later, it still hasn't happened. So yeah, that can be very challenging at times. Do you have any recommendations how to succeed with internal change management where you launch something and then, you know, want everybody to adopt that new process or system? Have you seen any or learned any ways that have been more successful in getting people on board? Actually, recently, yeah. So Wiresoft have this thing that's called the Wiresoft way of working. And within that, we're working like sprints. So everything that we're working on in terms of tasks or technical things are all been built into a two-week sprint. And we have basically a sprint every two weeks, a refinement every two weeks, a planning every two weeks. Uh, and that's across the business. Um, and it allows us to kind of look at, well, what are we working on? Who do we need to get involved? Who do we need to invite to these meetings? So we then know that if we need, you know, 30 people in the room, that's going to take time to coordinate. So it's not going to happen in this sprint. It's probably going to happen in the next sprint, but we can plan for it. And by getting the stakeholders in the room, you know, you're presenting something, you get feedback straight away, and then you go build it, you do another sprint, you present it back, so by having that sort of two-week block every time, it, it allows the focus and allows the internal stakeholders to actually be involved as well. Okay, so interesting to hear. And one, uh, was you the first RevOps role for Ysoft or your uh, business area, or have that been a role before you came in? No, no, I was the first. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those functions that companies don't really realize they need RevOps until they reach a certain point of going, I don't know who to give this stuff to. I need somebody to look after pipeline. I need somebody to look after forecast. I need somebody to look at the stuff and tell us whether we're on track to hit our approach this year. Okay, well, it's not marketing really. It's not sales. It's it's a, it's a revenue sort of function. Um, so, so they're all kind of, it gets created and then it evolves over time. So you start off looking at the forecasts and pipelines and then suddenly you start to think about tooling and then suddenly you start to think about what integrations and how does that affect when somebody wants to place an order or somebody wants to do a quote. So it, it ends up growing and growing all, and all these different pieces bolting on. Before you know it, you've got this huge role that you don't know where all this work came from, but it's just there. <laughs> yeah. And for, I was thinking uh, for... CMOs or marketing leaders or sales leaders that are feeling that, oh man, 
this is what we need. We're sitting in uh, in a system chaos or data silos or whatever systems they, they might have, but feeling that it's not aligned mm-hmm. and, and they feel maybe this is the role they should have if they haven't implemented it. How can you bring up that dialogue on a management level in order to convince your CEO or CFO to to invest in this? Was that a discussion you had previous on coming aboard, or you know, have you have you had any of those ROI discussions of the role in itself? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. So previously, I have been in the position where I was approached. It, it was the conversation kind of started was I think we need need a RevOps function. And I know this is something that you do. Can you tell me a bit about how it would help us? And it's one of those things that sometimes with RevOps you don't see sort of the return on investment immediately. Um, because you're looking at, you know, making efficiencies, make you know, building automation, which give people that time. So it's like, you know, if you create great sales process and make it more efficient, giving salespeople more time back to be able to go out and sell. But you're not going to see that immediately. You know, when you're talking to a CMO, you know, for example, when we looked at the lead assignments and where leads were coming from and where they were going, it's something where because it's at a very early nurture stage in a lead, you may not see anything from that partner or that customer for six, 12, 18 months. But the, the benefit is that rather than being, you know, like you said earlier on, all siloed, people all over the place. And when you're trying to look at, you know, a global pipeline or how many leads have we created in 2023, you need somebody to be able to come in and go, well, if you build it this way, I can give you that data at the click of a button. And that's the benefit for, you know, both marketing and sales leaders. When they look at sort of, yeah, their marketing strategy for the coming fiscal year or the sales plans for the coming fiscal year, they they kind of want to know what is coming, you know, what have we done in the past, what are the trends, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what where do we need to focus, where do we need to spend that budget, where you know, that they would be successful. And and if a company finds themselves in the role to to maybe start this your role or is it a little bit new into it or maybe thinking about going forward to, to implement that during next year. What are the best practices or, or do you have any tips or tricks where to start as a RevOp team or a RevOp specialist, maybe the first in the role for the company? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things really that you need to sort of bear in mind. I mean, the first one would be to actually understand the current state of your business. Uh, you know, as I've said, there's still silo, there could be data all over the place. But the first thing you want to do is identify, you know, some some opportunities for improvements. But think sort of small wins and don't think about the big fish, you know, because otherwise people get bombarded and bogged down in all the data. Um, and then the second thing is actually get all teams in on data. So you know, get all your departments on board with using the same tools for collecting data. If they're using different software or databases, they're not going to be able to share information across teams or departments easily. And then once everyone's using a central source of truth for data, ensure that we understand the value of that data and how to use it right. Because at the end of the day, whatever tooling you've got, whatever systems you're using, it's only as good as the people putting the information in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing I would say is align your sales, your marketing, and even your customer success team. Because if they're not working together, you could be losing potential revenue just through poor handoffs. That'll be my top three. So um, wait for the big new system implementation then. <laughs> yeah, don't try to do everything all at once. Walk before you can sprint. Yeah, 
and that's maybe good also to get some traction, win some small wins, and 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 try to implement uh, a few new th smaller changes rather than going for the big win at at once. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, somebody kind of uh, <laughs> an analogy they gave was, you know, we're trying to build a rocket. Yeah, we we'll try to build a rocket to get to the moon, but we can't build a rocket all at once. So we're climbing the ladder, and yet with each step that we take, we're getting close to that rocket. But you're not going to get there immediately. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, and especially if you see, as you as you already said before, if you don't have a culture of alignment or cooperation or change, uh, and so forth, that that will take a lot of time as well to to just peg up for that di dialogue and you know get people to jump on board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, and you need your see senior team on board as well. Because ultimately, you know, if if they're on board and they're you know pushing for change and they're aligned on that, then everybody else eventually, at some point, will fall into that position as well. Um, yeah, and the thing is, yeah, like I can think in RevOps, you you've got to be patient. Mm. Whatever you propose, whatever you build, whatever you launch, is going to take time. You know, some people embrace change straight away, and some people it takes time and it's almost like you have to copy, paste, and repeat you know, a few times until people get it. Um, because, you know, much as we've got you know, all these different tools and AIs coming, we're still dealing with humans and people, and they're all different. Yeah. Have you found any KPIs that could describe RevOps or measure your outcome in any way that you know, uh, gives an idea of if, if it's moving in the right direction? It's a difficult one because... Um, in RevOps, you don't have a quota or a budget or a target as such. Um, but at a very high level, the one thing for me at the moment would be forecasting accuracy. Mm -hmm. um, we're moving forecast model. We've, we've been changing things. Um, and, and to be honest, over the last few months, our forecasting accuracy has got better. And obviously that's fantastic because then the CEO can see, oh, well, if they say they're going to bring that number in and that number comes in, that's great. And then finance is back because they're going, well, if our investors ask or if somebody asks, are we on track? We can see that rather than being only 80% accurate, we're now 90% accurate or 95% accurate. Mm -hmm. And it gives more faith in the numbers that you're actually reporting. Um, you know, there's, there's other things along the line that you know will come into play, things like win and loss rates. So suddenly if we see you know deals slipping out of the pipeline or deal getting lost for a particular reason, that then highlights a red flag of, you know, is it something to do with a product or why we lose these deals? So that's a really good KPI to look at as well. Brilliant. Yeah, that's good. Good things to measure mm -hmm. and uh, and so forth. And the, the inverse version of the question, is there any potholes you have been down to or, or you know, uh, any problems that you have learned the hard way on this journey? Uh let me think. There probably will be. There are probably hundred examples that I could think of. Um, again, really, it, for me, it's getting salespeople to actually do something when we've presented something new, um, whether that be picking up a lead within a certain SLA or you're putting new deals into HubSpot, which sounds very, very simple, but when, you, when you've got some people that haven't been used to having to create a pipeline so that people can see what they're working on, measuring it in their own way. It has been a bit challenging that I've, you know, following up and getting people to do it and explaining over and over again why you're asking them to do it because 
it can be seen as, oh, you know, Babs is emailing me again because I haven't done this. But Babs is emailing you and asking you this because there's a reason behind it, because we need to see this, because somebody needs this information. So I, I, you know, I, I have at some point it's got bogged down in you know, literally going through deal by deal and trying to find stuff. And, and then realize that actually that's a not valuable use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> You can fall down a rabbit hole very easily, you know, where you've got hundreds of deals in the pipeline. Yeah, being the police of this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, somebody needs to be that. And and that is probably a very common problem that, you know, it's it's not all always accurate data in there and, and not always all the data as well. So definitely a, yeah. a hard point. So looking forward, how do you see... You already mentioned, you know, AI coming and I suppose that technology development trend is not slowing down anytime near, rather the contrary, things are going faster and faster and uh, things like that. HubSpot is releasing new things like, you know, um, AI modules and integrations of all kind of third-party tools and things like that. So what, what do you see coming the next year or, or a little bit in, in, uh, in the future for RevOps as a rule, and how would you spend your time next year, do you think? That's a really good question. So coming up, I mean, there's a whole host of things that we're working on within Microsoft. I mean, without going into loads of detail, we're now at the point where we're looking to actually integrate systems and start, you know, and start really building a fantastic model so that salespeople have got a, you know, a real-time view but also trends. So for example, rather than just having, well, this is my open pipeline and this is my billings, uh, you're linking those systems together to say, right, you're actually on track or you're not on track because over the last five years, the data tells us this, so you're trending to do this number rather than this number, you might want to change your forecast. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're very much in a cloud world now. So looking at integrating our actual product with our internal systems, to make the quant and the order process even more streamlined for our partners. Um, generally in the RevOps world, AI is, I mean, it's still very much in its infancy. Mm -hmm. uh, from what I've seen, even to a very basic level, um, I'm very excited to see that there's, there's certain things that it can do. Even as simple as when you create a report in HubSpot, you can get AI to just write a description of what the report is rather than having to tell people. Yeah, click of a button, gives you the wording, change it a little bit, off you go. You know, things like that uh, you're saving so much time for people. I mean, we all know about chat GPT and how it can write a wonderful essay you know, in seconds. Mm. Um, there's so much that AI can do to, in, to enhance our jobs, to make our lives easier. Um, so that's kind of where I see sort of the next, probably not just even the next year, probably the next couple of years, if I'm honest. Well, there's no um, worry that you will run out of uh, things to do in this world. <laughs> That's very true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, exciting times ahead for RevOps as a discipline and becoming more and more uh, adopted in many. Uh, now maybe it's more mid-sized and larger enterprises that have RevOps, but I'm sure we will see it in small and medium-sized businesses as well. So. Yeah, really interesting future ahead for RevOps. Mm, definitely. Yeah, so thank you so much, Babs, for sharing all these insights for us. But if anybody who's listening now would like to maybe 
uh, know more about you or connect with you or uh, read more about Ysoft, where can they find you? So they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, please do feel to reach out, message me with any questions. Um, for Ysoft, obviously you can just go to our website, learn about what we do. Um, yeah, that's it. Wonderful. Well, it was a pleasure to uh, talk to you about RevOps, a very interesting trend we see in marketing and sales. And uh, thank you so much. I wish you all the best and good luck for next year's strategies in Ysoft. And I'm sure you will be that rocket <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, thanks for having me. Been a pleasure. My pleasure as well. <laughs>